Friends, we have been uh, in a series on the I am statements, a few of the I am statements of Jesus, because uh, it's, it's always interesting to figure out what it is that Jesus says about himself to his disciples and to others. Uh, the first week we talked about the statement, I am the bread of life, and that Jesus is that which we need to fill ourselves up with. And last week, I am the truth, not reality as it is, but reality as it should be, and reality as it will be. And today, we're going to share in another I am statement, and out of reverence for the gospel word this morning, I invite you to stand in body or spirit. Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, when I hear Jesus say those words, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, my first thought is, who's not tired? (laughs) Who's not weary? (laughs) You're not tired? There he is. We got one, y'all. But a lot of us, except for one, were tired. Some of us more than others. A lady, there was an interview, a lady named Flossie Dickey was interviewed recently by a news crew in Spokane, Washington, because it was her 110th birthday. And she was asked by this really enthusiastic reporter, how are you doing? And Flossie said, I'm tired. And she said, what are some of your hobbies? And Flossie said, I nap whenever I can. (laughs) I heard someone once say that I'm not an early bird or a night owl. I'm some form of permanently exhausted pigeon, whatever that is. A study by the National Sleep Foundation before COVID found that 44% of Americans are tired two to four days a week and 28% are tired five to seven a week. And that was (laughs) pre-COVID. I think we're all a little bit more tired. Everybody's tired, exhausted, and as for the burdens we carry, we carry a lot. We're all carrying some kind of burden as individuals, but also collectively. Pew Research just released a report on the burdens that we carry as a nation collectively, some of which include inflation, healthcare affordability, the ability of Republicans and Democrats to work together, drug addiction, gun violence, violent crime, and the budget deficit, to name a few. All of that means that if you follow the news, you get to begin at a standard level of burden carrying. All of us are kind of right here. We're all at a steady simmer of collective weariness. But that doesn't begin to cover what we as individuals carry. Every single week, at least one of you comes into my office and tells me something that's weighing heavy on you. And every time when the heaviness When the burden is spoken and shared between us, I think to myself, I had no idea. I cannot believe this person has been carrying this all this time. And so we'll begin to pray. We give it to God, whatever it is, and then I go back to writing a sermon, now with the understanding that there is one more of this congregation who is bearing a weight that seems hard to fathom. That any given Sunday, many of you are weary you're tired, and you're carrying something heavy. 
One of my mentors used to say, any preacher who goes after his or her congregation Sunday after Sunday, scolding and chastising them each week, doesn't know their people very well. Because any preacher knows that his or her folks knows that life has already done a good job of that already. It's not to say I'm not going to get after you once in a while, every once in a while, but we are all carrying a lot. We're weary enough, you don't need me to make it heavier for you. And that's exactly when we have to hear, we need to hear Jesus say, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, in this passage, Jesus is talking immediately to people whose weariness and sense of burden comes from the yoke of the law. Now, yoke is an interpretation of the law. In that day, each rabbi had their interpretation, their yoke. And when you followed a particular teacher, you took on their yoke, their teaching. And some yokes were easier than others. Some yokes were heavy. Some yokes were strict. And the yoke of Pharisees were both of those things. Their interpretation was often very heavy. You might say they weren't yoking around. I told you, John. (laughs) That was bad. Um, But they were influencing a brutal teaching, a brutal yoke on a people who were already weary and burdened enough with life. Life was hard enough already with Roman occupation and taxation, but you add this particular teaching. So Jesus says to a people already burdened and weary and tired and worn out and guilt-ridden and exhausted and abused by their shepherds, come to me. I will give you rest. I will help you to feel refreshed. Try my yoke. Listen to my interpretation of the law. And why does he say that? Why does he say you should try his teaching? Why does he tell them that they should listen to his particular interpretation? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for because I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Meek, I am meek and lowly in heart. And the Greek word, those two are praos and tapanos. Tapanos, the second word, means humble, lowly in spirit, in position, humble in heart. You see this when Mary has learned of her pregnancy and she writes a prayer that says, God has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble, the lowly, the tapanos. One of the more literal definitions of tapanos is this, not rising too far from the ground which tells me that humility is also a physical posture. And that's closer to who Jesus is here and throughout the Gospels, whether letting the little ones come to him or going off to pray alone or kneeling to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus practices humility, lowering himself as one who does not rise too far from the ground. Philippians 2 reads that God emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly, a humble servant. He became human, the God of the universe, took on the posture of humility, of not rising too far from the ground. The second word, praus, indeed means meek. It means gentle or mild. You see it in the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness and self-control. Gentleness right there, praus. 
It's fitting to me that gentleness and self-control round out the end of those fruits of the Spirit because I think they really go hand in hand. Gentleness, meekness is sometimes misconstrued as weakness. But in fact, the word used here has more to do with a restrained power. Kind of like a warrior with a sword who knows how to use it, but keeps it sheathed and exercised in self-control. Prowess is choosing to be gentle. It is intentional or active meekness. And indeed, that seems to encompass Jesus, does it not? He is indeed one who could turn these stones to bread. He is indeed one who could cast himself down from the highest peaks and command the angels to save him. And yet his purpose is greater, and Jesus intentionally chooses to be gentle and self-controlled, prowess. And so he tells the people who are exhausted and carrying so much, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my teaching, my way of life, my way of being upon you, and learn from me, because I am meek and lowly in heart, because I am gentle and humble because I am restrained and my posture is that of not rising too far from the ground. And you will find rest for your souls. Now, of course, the implication is that there are some who do the opposite. There are some who teach, there are some who guide, there's some who lead who do so from another posture. There are some who lead from a place of unrestrained power and aggression. There are some who lead from a place of arrogance and pride whose posture seeks to be over others. And they pray in front of people to receive respect. They take the best places at the dinner table. They want to burden all with an external piety to maintain status quo, all the while caring nothing for an internal transformation or for the most vulnerable. They only add to the already constant weariness and heavy burdens. But Jesus says... Try my yoke, and you can trust it. You can believe me, because I don't do that. I am intentionally gentle, and I operate with a posture of lowering self, humbling myself in service to you. I don't want to burden you any more than the world already has. I want you to have life. I want you to have it in the most abundant way, so come to me, all who are weary and I will give you rest. It's fitting to me that we read this scripture today, Sunday prior to July 4th, because such an invitation, it it can't help but remind me of that wonderful poem by Emma Lazarus called The New Colossus, part of which is inscribed, anybody know where? On the Statue of Liberty. And it goes like this. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name, mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she, With silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, 
tempest-tossed to me, I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Now that poem seems to paint a picture of an ideal. And I think it describes who we are to be as U.S. citizens and as a collective nation on our best day. And I don't think we live up to it all the time, but on our best day. It is important to remember those words that stand present where so many have come, weary and heavy burdened, seeking new life and an easier yoke. But that ideal inscribed on that statue should remind us all of the one who deserves our singular allegiance, of the one who stands at the gates of life and death, holding out his light in the darkness, inviting all those who yearn to breathe free those tired and poor and those homeless and tempest-tossed, those imprisoned and chained and locked in, those hungry and thirsty, those desperate for life. And he reminds us that we can trust such a promise because he is meek and lowly, restrained and gentle, low in posture and humble in heart. Jesus finds us and invites us to rest And the thing about it is, once we find rest in that gracious embrace, we are invited to embark near and far with that same invitation. I want to share one example and then we'll come to the table. Jack Reeves was a minister in our conference for many years. He died a few years back and his granddaughter was one of my friends growing up at Lawrenceville First United Methodist Church. In his early years, Jack fought during World War II at Guadalcanal. On one particular mission, his unit was sent to help liberate an island. And after clearing the area, Jack was the first to arrive at the prison camp. And when Jack got to the fence, he shot the lock off the gate. And the first person out of the compound was an American soldier And Jack said he looked like a bag of bones, an emaciated skeleton of a man. He said he had a weariness about him that Jack had never seen before. The only clean thing he said about him was it was the tears that streamed down his cheeks, washing the dirt from his face. And he came up to Jack and he put his hand on his shoulder. And all he said was, God bless you, soldier. Jack said, it was at that moment that I felt God calling me to be a part of something greater, something eternal that sets all people free, that removes all weariness and heavy burdens forever. And it was there at that prison gate that God called me to preach. And years later, he would add that I've had preachers, he said, I've had preachers and bishops lay their hands on me, but when that tired, burdened, weary and newly liberated prisoner laid his hand on my shoulder. That was my ordination. Jack had heard the call of Jesus, but understood the invitation in a new way because he had experienced the lifting of a burden and the true rest of the weary. Come to me, All you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek 
And I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, and by the way, once you've had some rest, go out and search for those who need the same freedom and rest from their weariness and their burden. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we approach the table, as we feast this morning, remind us that at this table there is grace. At this table there is rest. May we bring our cares, our weariness, our burdens to you this morning. And may we experience true peace, true goodness, true grace, and rest. In Jesus' name, amen.